Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. All right. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast where advice flows like a refreshing mountain stream all the way to the pool of common sense. I'm Adam Felber, our resident lifeguard. And now, please welcome the woman cannonballing into the shallow end, Paula Poundstone. Welcome, Paula Poundstone, and thank you to tonight's house band, cellist Hope Easton. You know, when you said I was cannonballing into the show, I was going to yell, look out! Yeah. And then, and then the, the house band's music was so... It didn't seem to go with, look out! I think it might, though. <laughs> Here, could you give us that again? Just play that again, Hope. Look out! Oh, yeah, that, that it works. Does. Yeah, if you, absolutely. If you time works. It, right. it kind of makes it feel a little bit like a French film where somebody drowns at the end. I haven't seen that film. Yeah. Um, are there many French films where someone. It's kind of like all of them. If somebody's going to drown, a cello's playing. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hadn't realized Back me up, that. Hope. I hadn't realized that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. Help! Right, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Life, yeah. that, that isn't that how life always is. Now, Hope, I should tell you, we are having a contest. A contest. Uh, with uh, musicians coming up with theme songs for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's true, and we have some interesting uh, entries have been submitted to uh, to our email address or our website or wherever we do that. Um, three listeners have sent their theme song in. Let's hear a little bit of some of them, right? Yeah. Here's one with lyrics from a man named Nick Rin. Hi, this is Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Style 78, Tempo 150, Introduction A, Without Accompaniment. Pound the stone, cause we're building a throne. Pound the stone, cause we're building a throne. Pound the stone, cause we're building a throne. Wisdom, ignore. Okay, I think we get the idea. So that that that's one. What I found interesting about that is um, he says it's without accompaniment, and that sounds like a lot of accompaniment. Yeah, there was a whole high school marching band behind him. Yeah, you know, um, hope I'm going to give you uh, maybe an advantage in the contest, which is I think if in the lyrics, if you use lyrics, I think if you include the word genius. Right. Or life-changing. The right. phrase life-changing. Okay, now this is good on a lot of levels. Hope has uh, something to offer that has no lyrics. I think the genius oh. in life-changing is implied. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it so, could be like it could be like the tequila song where right. it's just all instrumental and then a genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally possible. Um, uh, Hope, do you want do you want to uh, offer a little bit of theme song? Yeah, you could add a little lyric, uh, but but for now, um, I would say just give us the the music that you've written. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful music, right? Yeah, it's uh, very potential theme music. song. It, it, it's more than we're worth. Yeah, I think yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, but I do want to. I have to lay one more on you because I I love this one too, and I I don't I think Hopes is actually stronger than this guy. Um, no, no, I'm not saying that. If I was speaking, uh, here's what I'm going to say. There's a lot of candidates out there. Yeah, this one is more in the electronic dance music vein. It's from oh. Venko Ivo Milic Diaz of Chile, a big fan of yours apparently. I'm so flattered. Yeah, let's hear it. pretty good already, right? Yeah. And the beat hasn't even dropped yet. Wait for it. Oh, oh there's a beat? Oh, yeah. Drugs haven't kicked in yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nobody listens uh, to yeah. I like the light show Genius. that's going on in this Genius. room right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. <laughs> Life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jorge. I think we have a we have a good sample of that. I have a I have a sense of the driving beat of you know. I'm so flattered to have a fan named Vinco. Vinco Ivo Milic Diaz of Chile. Yeah, I've yeah. Ne- I don't think and I've Vinco, ever had a Chilean fan one way or the other. Actually, to the best of my knowledge. Really? Yeah. You've never played Chile? No, I have not. Well, you'd you'd sell at least one ticket. Yeah, I'd <laughs> I'd pack the front row center. <laughs> With just Finko's whole name. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's a long name. You need name. five seats for yeah, that name. Boy, his mother. See, see, when I was growing up, if your mother was mad, she used your middle name. What is your middle name? Anne. Nothing exciting. Just Anne. No, no, that's um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, my mother would have, like, okay, if he had done something, she would have said, Vinko Avo Milik Dias, you get in here. Wow. She would have said, your ass is my meat. Right. That's the sort of thing my mother used to say. Wow. So so, so her, her reprimand would have been actually shorter than the name she was using. Yeah. 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 She would have had to write new material. All right. So, Paula, this show is all about giving advice about issues that are of burning importance specifically to you. So, um, to kick off, what advice do you have this week? Oh, I have very important advice this week. Never take your kid to an orthodontist that is sending his kid to college or putting on a deck. Wow. Yeah. Because now, can you screen for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to <laughs> make anonymous calls and ask questions ahead of time. No, just ask them because they won't know why you're asking necessarily. But no, I'm telling you, you take your, you can have a kid with, you know, one, one crooked tooth, slightly one turned, slightly crooked yeah. tooth, and you go in there uh, to a guy that's sending his kid to college, and, right. you know, they'll be calling your kid gate mouth. They'll, really? Yeah, nothing but crooked. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're like broken piano keys in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they'll rip Did this happen you to you along it the did. way? It yeah, did, yeah. My daughter Tosha has beautiful teeth. Yeah, she always Absolutely had a great beautiful smile. Teeth. Yeah, she has absolutely. a lovely smile. Uh-huh. And we were, the dentist said, oh, you might want to go to this guy for this one thing. And the next thing I knew, 
Like, They're talking to me about you know five years and you know the and then oh let my my uh, my assistant can help you with the payment plan. It was so fast. It all happened so fast. <laughs> so yeah, just, you just got scammed by an orthodontist who was building a deck or putting a kid through college. Yeah, exactly. What I would do is I think. Good advice might be to call your orthodontist and pretend to be a contractor offering a competitive bid. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And, and if yeah. they're interested, then you know, don't go to that doctor. Yeah. Or yeah. say that you have a scholarship for his kid. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to make two calls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's sage advice, Paula. Absolutely. Say this scholarship for my kid sounds an awful like, like the same person who just called with the uh, contracting deal. No, oh, no, no. It's not. I'm not him. I didn't even know it was a him. <laughs> not him. Not him. All right, so uh, let's go through the lineup for today's show. We've got applied psychologist Dr. Gina Pingitore answering Paula's questions about why people buy things they don't want or need. A can of Flex Seal, anyone? Then Paula asks Jordan Leach, supervisor at Unbug Me Pest, how to get rid of rats. We're talking about the ones in her backyard, not the ones tweeting every morning. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone comes to you from the Ray Horseman studio located on beautiful Miranda Avenue in North Hollywood. And we should point out that if we sound a little distracted uh, on this program, it's because apparently there's some sort of haircutting event happening on the other side of the fence right here. Yeah, I, did, I can hear loud voices. Yeah, Ken, Ken how, do we know it's, how do we know it's haircutting? Ken Lezebnik, uh came in with a very nice looking haircut and the, and the information that that's what they're doing next door. Oh. An outdoor haircutting event, presumably near oh, it's the an discarded. Outdoor haircutting event? I opened the door. Oh, you opened the door? Oh, oh, Ken opened the door. Oh, so he, it's actually in the building. Yeah, he found the wrong door and he opened it and there was people in there cutting hair. Cutting hair. Wow. Um, well, I mean, no shame in that. Well, some shame in a recording studio. I just think they're unusually loud for haircutters. Yeah. That's all. I just object to pop up haircutting ventures, whereas, you know, I prefer the old barbershop sign, so like, you don't... Uh, oh, yeah, the rotating... It doesn't seem like a flash mob kind of event to me. It seems like something that should have a stable presence in a place. No, not that. Not new haircutting. Really? No, not modern haircutting. That's what the kids are doing? You know, Adam, I don't want to be rude, but you don't have hair. <laughs> and I, 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 I think you might have just right there <laughs> failed on the don't want to be rude part, but... But go on, I'll allow it. But I mean, it. I, I don't understand like, how much you could know about haircutting well, Paula, and look, where the haircuts take place. I had lots of hair at it one point. It was a long time ago, though, and I'm no, telling not you, that long haircutting ago. has changed now. How now, would, okay. just a guy in a neighborhood will right. begin performing haircuts, and then people cluster there. Okay. It's like dropping. Well, I'll have a- to take your word for it, because it's not like I have a family all who get haircuts that I take them to or anything like that. No. No, it's not like that. No, it's not like that at all. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So, well, in any case, I, I think we've established, you know, in previous episodes that this neighborhood is can be a little bit challenging. It's a little bit challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled up into sort of into a tree that was on the side of the road. I hadn't seen it. Right. Um, but so my car is now embedded in a tree. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had to. I had to break a branch to get in to, <laughs> to get out of the car. I that think is. you just up the property values around here. Yeah. All right. Well, our first guest survived the walk from her parking place to our studio, so let's meet her now. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl, and he has kind of a a little bit like me. Uh, Because of allergies, 
I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling (laughs) because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's A-S-P-C-A. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york 
I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I, I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <right>. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. 
How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Thank you, house band Hope Easton. Paula, our first segment started with you watching late-night television. Yeah, I watched late-night TV, and, um, well, Flex Seal, actually. You mentioned Flex Seal. I, I have no particular project that would require Flex Seal. I don't even know what Flex Seal is. It's a spray stuff that, um, that seals. It's, uh, it's like a spray-on stiff rubber. And uh, you can spray it, Adam, on a screen, like okay. a window screen. Sure. And then mold that, and then use that window screen f for the bottom of your boat. But you don't have a boat. I do. I do. I remember that. No, no, no. You can create a boat. No, you out can't of, create a boat. You can create a boat no, out of window screen. Yeah. And you spray Flex Seal on it, and no water gets in the boat. Really? Yeah. You gotta stay up later. I'm telling you. I feel stuff... like you have to go to bed earlier. Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, Are, do you ever buy this about... stuff? I have not, but there's something about it that I see the Flex Seal commercial and I think to myself, I really want to have that. And then I remember, I have no. I mean, I'm experiencing some bladder leakage, but other than that, I have right. no, absolutely no use. Well, for, well I don't. For Flex Seal. I mean, Flex Seal so might I... help you with bladder leakage. Well, exactly. So what I want to know is, what is it about commercials that make you want something that you do not need? Great. Well, we're going to find out about the power of persuasion in advertising. We have an expert on the subject here, Dr. Gina Pingitore. She's a senior advisor at Newbridge Consulting. Dr. Pingitore, welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, so what is it that makes me want stuff from an advertisement that I don't need? Well, advertisers do a great job of forming messages that are relevant, persuasive, memorable, likable. And for whatever reason, that message certainly resonated with something in you that made it not only memorable, but obviously you have a lot of affect about it. 
We were interested about it. You remember it. You're talking about it. There's some classic advertising techniques, right? You team sex with the car, people are going to be interested in it. Why a car you, and sex? Well, who do you think buys most cars? You're used to buy most cars. People Excuse with me. genitals? Yeah, you, well, yeah, outer genitals. You know, oh, I, have, oh, I, I see have, what you're saying. I get what you're saying with that. I have, no, I, I have no interest in sex. How about I cars? Think, I, I don't really have much of an interest in cars. I don't think, I mean... I don't think there's anything sexy about spraying Flex Seal on your window screen. Um, I think I'm I one don't of the think few the good doctor people. was saying that Flex Seal was appealing to your sexual impulses. Yeah. I think I'm one of the few people to whom <laughs> sex does not sell. Right. It perplexes. What about, and I don't know if I just go for the cheesy ads, like the crinkly hose ad. You know the crinkly hose? No, don't know that one. Um, it's a lightweight hose that's made of like a sort of crinkly oh, right, material. That, and then when you put water in it, and I understand that this is like a sex cells thing, but it's also functional. You know, when you put water in it, it hardens. It hardens. I don't think that's a sex cells thing. I think <laughs> I think that's what the product does. Yeah, it's what the product does. Yeah, but I, do not, think, I don't think they're using sex to sell a hose. They're selling a hose. Yeah, No. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's like the most sexually suggestive item that I can think of. <laughs> and it's the one where you go, no, that's just a hose. <laughs> Dr. Pinjatori, can you rule on this one? Well, you haven't seen the ad. <laughs> I haven't seen the ad, but I, I think you might be onto something. Yeah, I sounds. Don't. I yeah. don't. Uh, right, well, lest we spend the entire evening asking you about commercials you've never seen, um, let's get to, to Let's get to J.B. Watson. Oh, okay. yes. Now, he's considered the grandfather of modern marketing and psychology. Well, actually, he's the father of behavioralism. He basically changed the shift of, of psychology from Freud and Jung and individual determinism to a belief that if you observe behavior um, over enough period of time, you can use that behavior to predict and change behavior. And that was extremely controversial. That's so he's kind of like B.F. Skinner. Give me he an example. He actually predates P.F. Skinner. Actually, B.F. Skinner would be thought of his, as, his, as a student. As his student. As, okay. as, as his Pavlov. Fantastic. Because this is 1913. Oh, wow. And 1913. Is, yeah, that was... Back when, boy, they gave haircuts in one That's place. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, that was in my did. heyday when I yeah, had hair. Exactly. Thank you, Paul. But there's an interesting so, story about so that. So explain to me what you just said, because uh, I, I don't understand at all what you just said about behavior. Give me an example. Well, let me give you an example of this classic experiment. It was called uh, Baby Albert. Baby Albert. Baby Albert. And if you look in any textbook in Psychology 101, it'll be, you know, Watson and Baby Albert. Uh -huh. He believed that you could teach or train fear. So he had a little baby and presented a little white rat or rabbit, uh -huh. white animal. Yeah. And every time he presented this little white animal, he shook a can with a lot of noise. And baby Albert began to cry. Uh -huh. And so he repeated, like, again, it sounds sort of Pavlovian, right? You know, dog, saliva, well, Honestly, food, it sounds right? a little cruel. It yeah. is, is a little cruel. Is this jail? You couldn't do this nowadays. Yeah, you no, you couldn't do this. You know, yeah. IRB boards, you couldn't, human subjects, you couldn't get away with it. But through repeated exposure of animal, sound, Albert would cry. He then would present other white things, and Albert... It, so know, every time he saw a white thing, he would cry. He would cry. Oh, I and see. And that wow. was evidence that you can 
teach, train, and elicit a certain emotion if it was teamed with certain events. Oh. All right, now let's take that to advertising, because okay. I'm tempted to ask you what happened to baby Albert, and I sense I don't want to know. I think he grew up to be afraid of white things. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's kind yeah. of a high bar if yeah. you're not a, yeah. you know, a spelunker for a living. Well, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, Watson had a lot of uh, interests, yeah. and one of his interests was his graduate student. Who oh. he ended up having a relationship with, uh-huh. even though he was married. Yeah. Oh my God. In yeah. uh, the late nineteen, you know, teens. Yeah. That was quite scandalous. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife divorced him. He was dismissed from Johns Hopkins, sure. and found himself without a job. Yeah, At that's the same when he started time, writing the Wrinkly Hose commercials. That's right. That's right. Well, actually, what he started writing were advertisings for J. Walter Thompson. Oh, so what were some of his earliest advertising successes? Some of the classic examples Into are, the I'd dark walk, side. you know, I'd walk a mile for a camel. I'd walk a mile for a camel. Right? Sure. A cigarette ad. A cigarette yeah. ad. Wow, so he went from health to cigarettes that's like right. that. Uh, yeah, he just turned on his fellow men. Uh, Maxler House, Good to the Last Drop. Okay. Uh, now, how are we using psychology with Good to the Last Drop? Well, it, it's teeming with, you know, certain, if you, if you, uh, do you remember seeing that ad? I don't know how old people are I remember here. seeing, I remember seeing And the that. sound? Yeah, there was the that sound. sound. Oh, it was like Chinese oh. water torture. <laughs> well, some people it thought was, that was interesting. It was Chinese <laughs> coffee torture. No, you mean the one that was like, boop, 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 yeah. that sound? Uh-huh. Or just like a slow the, the, dripping the sound in the, right. oh, the, the first boop, 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 Yeah. I know what happened. And so to people would hear that sound and think coffee, and well, it was and, the entire message okay. about you know this is a good cup of coffee. It's good to the last drop. The images were targeting you know women at home, and what do they do in the mornings? They make a pot of coffee, and being economical and frugal, they want that coffee to be good to the very last drop. All right, so let's make this a little more personal because Paula, you have created a line of T-shirts. Yes, wasn't well, a lo- it's a t-shirt. Okay, it's the first well, it's in come a to line think of, of it, t-shirts. It's two because we have the baseball style and the standard style. So you've created a line of t-shirts. I've created a line of t-shirts. <laughs> Any, so anybody who knows math will tell you that a line is defined by two points. So. <laughs> That's a line of t-shirts. Um, all right, so I yeah I do. I've made t-shirts that are made of a uh, remarkably soft tripoly blend. And they have a uh, self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the uh, I see you're miming that. Did you bring one to show, Dr. Pinchatar? Oh, no, I forgot. Okay. Um, you know, I mention them when I'm on stage and I tweet about them, but what's the thing that I need to say? Well, I think first you have to understand who your audience is. Who are you selling this to? Are you uh, selling it to Chilean everybody? Guy. The Chilean guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. One Chilean fan yeah. in the... Maybe you could just send it to him. No, no, no. That, that is an interesting... So Exactly. So what can Paula do? <laughs> wow. not, not a thing. Not, not a thing. thing. Not a thing. <laughs> well, first, I, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, you need to I, I help the audience understand why your T-shirt is better than another T-shirt on the street. Yeah. What is wearing well, is your T-shirt? it is a remarkably soft tri-poly blend. See, I One feel of the like things... your focus on the tri-poly blend Maybe might you be... should focus on and, you. Yeah, exactly. I think that oh, might be a little bit of an advertising you know? mistake. Well, one of the things that I tell people about the shirt is that, and this is anecdotal, I don't have, I haven't done a study, but some people who've worn my T-shirts tell me that they don't need Tinder after they wear my shirt. <laughs> so it's that a benefit. It attracts. You're using mm-hmm. sex to sell it. Sex That's right. sells. That's right. And is that because of you or the tri-poly blend? Well, people look good in it. It's a okay. good-looking good oh, okay. shirt. Okay. Yeah. Is there any, are you, how do you feel about her sell, sales approach to the T-shirts? Is there something more she can be doing? I per, I'll flip over my cards. I personally feel she could reference herself once mm-hmm. or twice in the selling of the T-shirts. Mm-hmm. What do you more mean? More than you are. 
I feel like you're selling the fabric and the feel more than you're selling the fact that this is a signature edition Paula Poundstone shirt with a oh. self-portrait that you've drawn and a genuine quote on the back. And I feel like if you if you focused on that, and back me mm-hmm. up, Dr. Pinchitore. That's right. If you focus on that rather than the fabric. You can create a whole new, you know, Paula Poundstone groupie by just by having yeah, people wearing your shirts. You can't get these shirts anywhere else. Right. They have a, 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 a unique uh, Paula Poundstone self-portrait yes. on the left breast. Yes, uh, yeah, I think I see. I think I see what you're saying. See where you I'm know, going with it's that. the envy of all the Paula Poundstone fans. It's the envy of one man in Chile. Uh, uh, okay, all right. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. And I'll get back to you and I'll let you know. You also may want to look at your price point. Oh. My price point. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Meaning, how much the how much the t-shirt is worth, or how much you're selling it for? I'm selling it for uh, $75. Do you think that's yeah, too, that's too maybe much? Maybe yeah. Yeah, there's a problem right there. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a little more Try polyblend. It's not about the fabric. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, do My something mistake. .99. That tends to help. Oh, is, is that yeah, true? Dot, why does .99 work? You know, that's the whole psychology of pricing. You know, even numbers like $2 or do a two-for-one special. Two for once. But mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because my manager is always hammering me to do stuff like a two, two for one special. She said. No, I don't agree well, see, with that. Because you're doing this. Now you're Here's the thing. Yeah, you know what? I was a little late getting here, and I have no doubt in my mind that my manager cornered you and said, when she asked you about the t shirts, <laughs> tell her to put dot 99. I wonder what company you've worked for that you said to them, make it cheaper. And they went, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say necessarily make it cheaper. What'd you say? You said I, make I said, it seem cheaper. I, I, yes. Make it seem cheaper uh-huh. and, you know, present the price so what that the buyer say, thinks they're getting a deal. What if I say, because I was kidding when I said it was $75. It's not. I think it's 30 But what if I say it was 75 and it's, now it's half off? That could work. Yeah. Would that work? You know, it's spend to save. Why does the color red make you hungry? I don't know, but it does. It's Just so like true. It, it, the col- colors, you know, today. change. You know, the, the way in which we process emotions. Cool colors make you relax. Uh, hot colors, like if you see the bag here. Doritos. Right? Doritos. All, most of the food items here have right. red packaging on yeah, It's true. We have, we have a table full of junk food. I got to tell you, though, there's all this food on the table, and it's making me hungry. Um, but it's the one the I, I'm red. hungriest for is this blue package with the double stuffed Oreos. Well, I think it's because you like double stuffed Oreos. <laughs> Bingo. That's well, exactly yeah. right. See, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's move to another sense that's used in advertising and mm-hmm. not discussed a lot. Um, smell. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, right? Right, right. The oh. primal senses really motivate memory and behavior. Right. Right, so, you know, a classic um, marketing and purchase manipulation behavior was piping the smell of cinnamon in malls, because now all oh, of a sudden yeah, you're hungry. Oh, yeah, the airport. Right? You, you, you could smell Cinnabon from anywhere in the airport, and you couldn't even smell jet fuel. It <laughs> right. was so clear and is that, that and they so were... so they were, they were literally piping I mean, the right, smell. Sure, sure. Yeah. Is, that, is that. that legal? Why not? Well, because it makes everything stinky. That's my number one well, answer. Oh, well, but cinnamon is not a... It's not an offensive no, but, smell. Well, it is when it comes from Cinnabon. Um, and I like <laughs> junk food, but I just felt like that was so over the top. And the other the store, like on the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, that store, Abercrombie and Fark, oh, they Fitch. put some uh, god... Uh, what is it? Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh. See, sex was selling mm-hmm. for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I've been yeah. saying it wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. like an idiot. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, no, they put out some god awful smell uh, mm-hmm. down the. You know, it wasn't just in the store; it was down the street. And what street. was it? The smell of pheromones. I yeah. maybe yeah uh, I, I, yeah I believe it was um, soft porn mm-hmm. was the smell of soft porn because mm-hmm. okay. their posters are also soft mm-hmm. porn. I, I couldn't even remember what a poster like that is. It's really soft porn, and I'm missing it. No one that they've ever uh, no poster at Abercrombie and Fitch has ever had the uh, uh, people with their mouths closed. Oh, they always look a little bit tired, and their mouths are like sort of hanging halfway open, like. Nah. Yeah, huh. it's not. I don't and find it sex. remotely. That, I think they think that that is sexy. It's very tired. Sex. What it yeah. was? There's a leather store, right? That that famously right, did that. right. The the smell of leather for I think it was Wilson Leather. They're no longer oh, into the really? malls and stuff. It's so that you could like, oh, I need I need a leather jacket or the smell oh. of you know leather. Well, belts. I drove cows away. Yeah, uh, you yeah. never. Wilson Leather had almost yeah. no bovine customers. Yeah, yeah, almost a lot of. Uh, you know, one time it created a stampede. Really, out uh, of the there mall. Was some, yeah, there were some uh, cows in the mall. In the mall, as is their want, and uh, yeah, and the next thing you know, they smell that smell and wow, just yeah. mowed down. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very dangerous. Tragic. Tragic. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Gina Pingiatore, for teaching us about the art of selling and. Having processed all your words in her amazingly capacitous brain, Paula? It's like a machine. Yeah, you're it's like, it's a, like machine. a machine in there. Yeah. Paula, what advice do you have for our listeners about how to sell stuff? Sell, sell, sell. And do you want some accompaniment for this? Uh, I do. If Hope could give me a little cello uh, behind, uh, behind my, um, my summary. Sex sells, unless you don't like sex. The color red makes you hungry, and the color white scares the hell out of you if someone shook a can of rocks at you when you saw white things when you were little. Baby Albert spent his entire adult life running from marshmallows. (laughs) Nothing, and I mean nothing, makes you smarter, more popular, more successful, or sexier than my unique Paula Poundstone t-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back, plus... It's made of a remarkably soft tripoly blend, and they're free. <laughs> if you give me thirty bucks. Psychologist Dr. Gina Pingitore is a senior advisor at Newbridge Consulting. Doctor, thank you so much. Thank you for being on our show. The cat of the week is Hardy from Santa Monica. nobles us all. Okay, time now for more advice. Now, Paula, on a recent show, we talked about the Logie bugs at your house. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, I owe you a bit of an apology because shortly after I I ridiculed you about these flies, uh, I have them at my house now, too. Yeah, and yeah. they've been in my house ever since, and they're and they're logy too. They're easy yeah. to kill. Yeah, they're very slow. Yeah, yeah. And, and you say you say that they just appear for a few, once a year and then they're gone. Yeah, that, that that seems to be their pattern so far. Well, I've never had them in my house before, but now I've got these these big barnstorming fly blimps in my house. Well, and this is pretty good science. Um, just talking about this flies create larva. That's really not good science. That's excellent That's the science. Opposite of That's good exactly science. how it it's happened. We talked about it, and the larva developed there on your back porch. Next thing you know, um, 
Now, yeah. you have another big... I, I'm having a lot of pest problems. I have the... Um, there's the Logie fly problem, and right. then I have a nectarine tree that is pretty prolific. It has a lot of nectarines. The problem is, every summer, rats come and take a bite out of every single nectarine. Just no, a bite. I don't mind sharing. I'm happy to give them. I'd even do 20-80. Right. I'd even take just 20%, let them have 80%. If they would, but they eat just one bite, which is so. The just one bite thing is weird. It's almost like it's a it's a pack of very forgetful rats who have to be reminded that they don't like nectarines again and again and again. Yeah, right. They have a bite. They go, "This oh, one will this is terrible. This, this one a- will be different." Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, where, where, I forgot. I like oranges, <laughs> not nectarines. Hey, yeah. here's a fruit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also they're a little bit red, which makes the rat hungry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yes, that's true. All right, well, rats, pests, logie bugs, it's time to call the exterminator. He's got the answers. Please welcome Jordan Leach, supervisor at Unbug Me Pest Control. Jordan, welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Thank you. I got my own uh, theme song there. I like that. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Now, let's get right to Paula's main question, which is she just wants to eat one damn tangerine this summer. What what can she do? No, a a nectarine. Nectarine, sorry. Let me ask you something. If a rat, because you you know about rats, right? Yes. So if a rat eats a bite of a nectarine, um, do you have to throw the whole thing out, or could you just cut off? (laughs) No. No, you throw the whole thing out, Couldn't you just cut off that section? Well, they're just taunting you is what they're doing. Yeah, it so. seems like it. It seems I'm taking it very personally. It's- no, actually, uh, with, with rodents, um, surprisingly, they really only need one ounce of food per day. Uh, so when it comes to, like, uh, a fruit of nectarines, tangerine, whatever it be, uh, they'll just uh, have probably an ounce of it and then be done for the day. And, and then, then the they go they to a back, new one because they're like, ew, a rat has touched this. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. I mean, they, they like the, the familiar scent of other rodents. But, yeah, when they smell that it's contaminated, they want to go for something new. Wow. So what can mm-hmm. she do? I mean, they're in her backyard, and she's on a block mm-hmm. with lots of other houses. Right, right. Uh, so there's varying things that people can do. Uh, a lot of times with trees, even rooftops, there are other branches, other brush that kind of connect uh, leading access for rodents and other creatures to that source. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times we just tell people, you know, cut back the brush, try to um, sanitize the area. That'll help out a lot. Well, I think it's right next to a fence. So my guess is mm-hmm. they walk along that fence, and then they're like, oh, look, another nectarine. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely a, probably an access point. Uh, when it comes to actually the tree trunk, a lot of times the animals will try to go up the tree trunk. Uh, there's different things you can do for that. Uh, we have like this uh, this grease. There's different kinds of grease out there. There's rat grease? Uh, it's kind of like a tree trunk. You know, you, you uh, tree trunk you, grease, you, you put it on the I tree trunk. I've never heard and, of that. Yeah, it kind that of... That sounds hilarious. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> It's um, and it's also good for pole dancers. Yeah, exactly. Now, is there any way to negotiate with a rat? Is there any way that I could just have a like some sort of rat lawyer come and lawyer. Uh, and make a, a split with the rat? See, we talk about these questions that aren't questions. I believe the this nutcracker, is a question. The, 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 the nutcracker is pretty good with rodents, I think. The so. nutcracker? Yeah, the the the, the mouse king. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's how I bring culture into the show. That's you. Yes, yes, that's Adam, better than Mr. a cello. Naysayer. Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, naysayer. Um, Want to segue to these big logie flies? What's going yeah. on? Is this fly, big logie fly season? Uh, there's a bunch of things going on this season. You know, bed bugs. We got a lot of ants, flies. Uh, I myself had uh, a little bit of those, those large house fly infestations. At your house? At my house, yeah. Boy, so, that is a stupid oh, yeah. insect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I'll bet your neighbor's just not an exterminator, read the right? Truck, for God's sake. Right. Wouldn't you just. In the driveway. Isn't there a picture on the side of the truck with like a pest being treated badly by someone at your company? 
Oh, we we have like that little uh, circle with a mark a uh, line through it. That we, yeah, yeah. And that's universal symbol. Try right. to keep exactly. it humane, you know. Yeah. But so, so you yeah. have a big lo- logie fly infestation in your house. What? brought it on where are they coming from honestly i believe they were com- coming through the vents uh it was very hot so a lot of the times these pests are going to try to go inside so yeah we have the ac running i believe they're coming through the vents and i was kind of like rambo trying to take them out for a couple days yeah that's yeah. what i've been doing yeah. that doesn't it- explain my house because i don't have air conditioning I step outside, and it is so much nicer than it is in my house. So I, it's, apparently these are just not smart flies. And I have 14 cats. You'd think mm. that at some point the cat would, you know, the cats would kill those flies, but they They're not they interested. Don't. They don't, these I are think easy to kill flies, these they big are. ones, too. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah. That's why I haven't called you, because yeah. they all congregate on a couple of different windowsills, and they don't move very fast. And as I said, they're the, they're the size of So Volkswagen. you just kill them yourself? Yeah. Wait, you don't have a license. <laughs> I, um, I Wait negotiate a with them. You negotiate I, with I, them, I can, exactly. I convince them to run into, uh, you know, various swatters at high speed. Yeah. 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 I think we need to talk about the county about this. No, 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 no. Honestly. There's no talking to the county. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, you, you do county know that, that flies actually perceive things around them in a sl- slower than we do, which is why they're no. so hard to kill, too. So What do you mean? Well, they have that, that 180 degree. That their eyes are like the bulge, the bulges, you know. So they see things uh, from every angle, and no. they also see things at a slower rate. So, like, the world for them is like the Matrix. Pretty much, it's, yes. It's seeing everything in bullet time. Mm-hmm. That's why usually people use a fly swatter. Fly swatters are so fast, it's even too fast for them. Them. Right. But for these big flies in my house now, I don't know about yours, if fly swatter is, they don't, these guys don't operate in bullet time. These guys are just really, really slow. And which you might not know anything about this, but it's, it's always been a curiosity point. How come there are still crane, crane flies on this planet? Crane flies? Yeah, because that's the stupidest crane fly? animal ever. They're these, crane they're these fly? little things with long, like daddy long legs legs, and they they don't fly well. They, they're very obtrusive. You can see them. They can't get away from you. The they're... things that look like giant mosquitoes? Yeah, the things that look like giant mosquitoes. Oh, that can I didn't be know caught... those were crane flies. Yeah. So how, I feel so how embarrassed. They... I've been calling them by the wrong name. What have you been calling them? I, I thought they were giant mosquitoes. No, they're not giant mosquitoes. Yeah. No. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. Don't you hate it when you called somebody by the wrong name it's for really a long time? really awkward. Yeah. That happened with my dad. Yeah. Any reason why crane flies are around? Do they do they deal in volume or something? Well, I, I wonder that about a lot of pests. Like, why do these exist when they're so easy to kill? You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, honestly, uh, for pests like that, it's probably because they just multiply so quickly. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what it really Because what all it you is. have to do is talk about them, and then that creates the larva. <laughs> okay. Science. Can you, can you, that's, you see, now you're just encouraging her. Because that's not. Not science. All right, now my manager, Bonnie, who knows nothing about selling things, um, uh, she oh, insists like that you don't have to kill flies. Well, there's no logic to this, which imagine dealing with that for 20-something years. Um, <laughs> she insists that um, you, don't you, don't have have to, to you don't have to kill flies because they die in 24 hours. Uh, it depends on the type of fly. Uh, some flies do. Uh, usually, it's the smaller um, the, the the house May, uh, mayflies. The, yes, yes, the mayflies. Um, and usually, uh, the the biggest thing for those, you'll find a source of infestation inside the house. What is a mayfly though? Is it that? What is a mayfly? They're tiny. Yeah, the the really small ones you'll see a lot around garbage. Not like and- the house flies. Yeah, they're, they're, it's another name for them, basically, yes. Oh, so housefly and mayfly is the same thing. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Um, it may be true that they die in 24 hours, but if they're landing on your food or they're, you know, menacing your head right. and they're buzzing around you, then right. you would want to get rid of them 
as regardless to, of how long as they intend to live. Right, exactly. As yes. opposed to waiting 24 hours. Mm. I mean, if I step out onto Miranda Street in a few minutes and a right. guy comes up to me with a gun, mm-hmm. um, but he's on his last day of life. Yeah. I'm he's still, still a threat. Right, exactly. He's still the a threat. The fact, I, you know, if, if I just wait him out, yeah. you know, he's... You're not going to be like, well, with that cough, <laughs> I, can, I just have to stall him for a little while. By yeah. the way, I just want to say this. When I went out to use the bathroom earlier, I'm pretty sure that I saw a guy throwing up in a shrub out there. Did, did he have a nice haircut? I was going to say, it must have been <laughs> one hell of a bad haircut. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Those guys were getting high, I, I was yeah. told, while they were cutting hair. So that's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh... Okay, uh, so here's the thing, and my tie together are two things that we, that we talked about tonight. On late night television, I saw an ad for a humane housefly trap. And it, it just kind of swirls. It's like a little disc where the opening swirls mm-hmm. around and gets, the, and then you end up with this, this like frisbee full of mm-hmm. houseflies. So you could presumably take it out and let them go elsewhere. Right. Um, unlike things like spiders, which I like to let go elsewhere, is letting flies go in another part of your neighborhood a great idea? Well, uh, those traps you're uh, specifically talking about, yes, are for the tiny house flies, the mayflies. They really are there. They don't let anything else bigger than that uh, in. So when it comes to releasing the house flies, well, again, they're you... not going to live very long anyway. So. Right. Oh, okay. well, why release? You know, you have to release them quickly because they only have 24 hours to live. <laughs> right. So come on, little guys, you can make it. I'm going to get you to a nice park. You're going to spend the rest of your time in a park. You'll see. Now breathe, damn it. Breathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, just, that seems like an odd product yeah. if they don't get those. Uh, now, um, I one question I have, because, you know, I've had ant farms a number of times when my kids were little. Because um, I, I, I'm a big ant admirer. Uh, right. I like their work ethic and... Uh, you know, you put them into the farm, and they get to work tunneling right away. I mean, there's very little, it, you know, they're, they're very low drama. They just get right in and, and get to work, and uh, they, uh, they have a burial. It depends on the kind of ants, as I'm sure you know, but there, some of them, there's a, they make a room for a burial, um, in fact, at this point, I just have one ant. This is going somewhere. Yes. Left in my ant farm. The, uh, the, the millennial ants don't work as hard, just saying. So. Yeah. Oh, the millennial <laughs> ants. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And but you they, have to they keep, tweet about what they do. Yeah. And you have to keep <laughs> thanking Pictures of them. crumbs all the time on Instagram. You have to keep thanking them for everything they do. Yeah. Well, here's what I can't figure out. I can't keep my ants alive in my ant farm, and I can't seem to kill them in the kitchen. What's what's going on? Why? What, first of all, why can't I keep them alive in the farm? How long are they supposed to live? Uh, so uh, the ants themselves, uh, there's varying degrees of different kinds of ants. You know, uh, we got specific types out uh, here in LA, Southern California. Um, and ants, they're looking, they have shelter, they have access to water, they come into people's residences uh, looking for food. That's the main source they're looking for, which is why the anthills, the sources, the, the, the nests themselves are never going to be inside the residences. They might be on, in some burrows in the cracks and crevices and whatnot, but for the most part, they're going to be uh, outside mm-hmm. and they're just coming in for the food. Uh, that's why they're really difficult to treat on the inside too, because they're going to come in, you can kill whatever you see, but that doesn't stop the rest of the nest. You, right. you might see maybe a couple hundred, and that's just a small percentage of the size of the nest. Most nests are around 10,000, maybe up to 100,000 ants. You know, my manager, Bonnie, seems to believe that if you have two ant mounds, that if you put one ant mound in with the other... Like, that, combi- bring, a, bring a bunch of ants from one mound to the other. Right. That it will cause uh, ant war, and they'll kill each other off. Is that... 
I actually, I, I tested this when I was younger. I, I have seen an ant war take place. I can't say whether or not it's going to exterminate the nest because I think there will be one preva- prevailing side and then they're going to be even stronger because they've prevailed. Oh, but, right. I mean, so what you've done is you've made like uber strong ants. You, you made ants. super yes. ants, so, so, yes. Yeah, so, so, so Paula's manager, Bonnie, is <laughs> breeding a race of super ants that we are all going to have to deal with for generations right. to come. Yeah, yeah. Sounds they're, like They're going to yes. come to my house and demand CDs and T-shirts for half off. <laughs> yeah, only if you fix that price point, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, um, here's some just quick questions. Here's a real quick one. When a fly lands on your food, how bad is that? What's the five-second rule for flies that you should, like, not touch your food anymore? Personally, I mean, it does depend from person to person. Personally, I, I know where flies usually tend to go, and they, they love feces, they love garbage. Whenever a, a fly is touching a food that I'm eating, I will either cut off that piece of the food or I'm just going to throw it out. Okay, yeah. so that, immediately. Pretty much, There's yeah. no five-second rule. I, I wouldn't trust it, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Um, hanging bags filled with water Can and pennies you over your door. Can fly where it's been? No. He's <laughs> <laughs> just trying just, to save that nectarine. Just, I just came from a little pile of poop over there in the corner. But <laughs> I'd just have a bite of your tuna fish if you don't mind. Then you'd be like, no, i got to throw out this tuna yeah, fish. Yeah, got to throw so it the, out. The bag of pennies in, in, in the doorway. Do you know about that? Do you know about that one? Actually, I don't. Talk okay. about that. Yeah. I'm told that if you hang a, a plastic bag with water and a few bright copper pennies over the door that leads to the outside in your house, flies, it confuses flies and they won't go in. Interesting. And I, I also, actually... um, who was it that was killing the <laughs> people of Israel and they had to paint the red goat oh, uh, blood on their Ramses? door? Ramses? Ramses? No, it was, the, it, was, it was God. Oh, it was God? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so if yeah, you yeah. hang a bag of pennies in water over your door, will this God is... skip your house with This is completely blight? unrelated. That was the 10th of the 10th plagues, slaying of the firstborn. You paint lamb blood on your door to let you know that you're not an Egyptian, and then God was going to pass over your house. Oh, is that where Passover comes from? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what is it? Oh, so I, I, I don't want to turn this so into there, your sheep. So there's, <laughs> so there's a, so there's a fly Passover. It has to do with flies. <laughs> Although flies were to stipulate one of the it's, other ten plagues. It's a plague of flies. Yeah, yes. it's a plague of flies. <laughs> That's why flies always yell, "Keep the change!" Right, right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so they would fly over and see them. They're like, "Okay, we're gonna have some water. Everybody, come on this way. Here's water. We love water." And they're like, ah, shit, there's pennies in there. Right. <laughs> Let's just let everybody know never to come near this house because they're fucking with your head. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let's um, paint I, some lamb's blood. This is the same story. It is not. This is a biblical <laughs> not, story. It's not a biblical story you've at confused, all. You've no, confused your religion one. with extermination. <laughs> well, Jordan, thank you for your insights into the world we try to avoid. Paula, what advice do you have for our listeners about dealing with vermin, bugs, and other noxious creatures? Hope. Could you give me a little uh, pest control summary backup music? Big flies might come in seeking air conditioning. They live longer than 24 hours no matter what your manager says. Flies hate pennies and tend to round up. Rats fill up on one ounce of food per day and you can put grease on your fruit tree trunk and create a rat slip and slide. You have to have a license to do pest control, so Adam Felber is on his way to the big house. <laughs> All right. Jordan Leach is a supervisor at Unbug Me Pest Control. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. 
I need to eat a double stuff Oreo now. And that is not a paid commercial endorsement. I just like double stuffs. Wonderful. Thank you, Hope. It's a wonderful tune. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. If you have a theme song for us, email it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Now, Paula, I know you're always out on the road. What you got coming up? I'm going to be in Vineyard Haven, Massachusetts on August 19th at the Martha's Vineyard Performing Arts Center. And on August 24th, I'll be at the Holland Center in Omaha, Nebraska. You can get all the information at my website www.paulapoundstone.com. You can even buy t-shirts there. And while we're shamelessly promoting things, let's share with our listeners how Maximum Fun works. No, I felt shame. Okay. Okay, if you feel shame, then we won't... It's not shameless, is it? (laughs) All right, but that's good. A little bit of shame is good. My mom always said that. Okay, it's like Maximum Fun is like public radio. You become a supporter of Maximum Fun at any level you want. And if you like the show, you can donate money directly to the show that you like. Now, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, and please subscribe. Adam, remember we had the car repair guy from Whitney Auto? Yeah, that was Darren from Whitney Auto, and um, our listeners are actually writing in and asking if Whitney Auto ever got paid for the repair on that sob. If you remember the guy oh, yes. said, oh, I got to make sure that it's working right, and he yeah. test drove it away and never came back. Right, yeah, right. And, almost, and almost hit the car guy's dad, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we spoke with Roger Bart, Darren's father, and he told us that they never got paid because they never got the guy's signature. The car was towed onto their lot. They did the repair. Then the guy shows up, gets in the car, roars off, no signature, no paper trail. They complained to the DA, and he said there was nothing they can do without a signature on record. Wow. That's a sad follow-up. It is a sad follow-up. Plus, it's like a detail. It's like a tutorial in crime. Yeah, it's it's how to get your car repaired for free. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's not the right thing. You know, I think that means that people out there have been listening. Well, I hate to break it to you, but they've just been hearing and not really listening. Because, as we've stipulated, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, and Ken Lezebnik, along with Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Hope Easton. And to our guests, Dr. Gina Pingitore and Jordan Leach. Muscle to escort them back to their cars, provided by Ben Lezebnik. And please tune in next week for our special show coming to you from the Garden Level apartment of Bud Bodenkamp in Boonville, Missouri. No, it isn't. He has built a wrestling ring in his basement, and Adam and I will engage in mixed martial arts. Although I am confident I could take you down within the confines of the squared circle, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Hiya! I was just seeing if you were listening. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.